a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another great week of This Is Wrestling, and this is one of our most exciting weeks we have had since we started this program. I want to thank you for joining me. I'm your host, as always, Roy Turner. Uh, tonight, ahead of AEW's Dark Elevation, their YouTube show, remember before they had the AEW Dark, and now it's been elevated and called Dark Elevation. It's going to be at 6 Central, uh, 7 Eastern on YouTube tonight, and I was there for the taping. Uh, what we're going to be covering this week, of course, was AEW's big Winter is Coming event that took place. On December the 15th, of course, right here just outside Dallas, Texas, uh, at the Curtis Cowell Center in Garland for a sold-out, jam-packed, white-hot, freaking historic evening of wrestling. And we're going to get into all of it here. Uh, the lead-up, uh, if you've been following the show, of course, to the event, we had two great episodes with two great talents. One of my absolute favorites uh, ever of all time is, of course, is Laura Dennis, who has wrestled as Cherry Bomb, as Allie. She's on Twitter under Allie Wrestling, of course. Now this new exciting character she does called The Bunny for AEW. And, of course, with, I mean, what more can you say about Mark Henry, one of the most gifted and decorated uh, athletes in the world. What a living legend and what a cool guy. And, and I had the absolute best talks with both of them individually for individual episodes. I hope that you've heard them. If you haven't, I implore you to check it out. Subscribe to the show. Of course, we're on iHeartRadio app first uh, exclusively. And then the next day we're on Spotify and SiriusXM and all the other apps and platforms and fun stuff like that. But yeah, so check it out, man, again. And then also what's pretty cool is that since we did it via Zoom, there's actually exclusive content uh, uh, for, for, for a video version of it. And it's really great, too, because when I'm talking with Laura, man, we had the best time, the best talk. She is so amazing and so much fun. And we got into a lot of stuff. We got into punk rock and mental health awareness and a lot of a lot of really great non-wrestling stuff. So I hope you'll check that out, of course, just under TK, um, excuse me, <clears throat> under Tricky Kid Radio, This Is Wrestling, uh, under iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, all, those, all, the, all the major places. But if you go to YouTube under Tricky Kid TV, you can see our conversation and there's exclusive stuff that's not on the uh the, the uh, sorry the podcast uh episode just like how there's stuff on the podcast episode that's not on the YouTube channel that's on purpose to get you to want to explore both but man we had a, we had the best time uh so we're gonna get into all of that now I wanted to talk about and uh you know I, I anybody you can look up and see what the results were or tonight I hope you will watch the action. Because it was a, uh, a tri-taping. You really get your money's worth at these AEW events, man. You got an hour of Dark Elevation. Then you got two hours of Dynamite. And then an hour of Rampage. And a little bit before and after even all of that. And it's like a pay-per-view without having... It's free on television and on YouTube. So, I mean, it's another reason why this company is so is rising. Because they're so fan-friendly. And, uh, and they just kind of have their own... If they really feel like, at least they've communicated, it seems to the to the general public that they have their finger on the pulse the most, and that's why their their star is rising so quickly. Not to mention just the insane talent that they've been able to secure. Why it seems like WWE is offloading a lot of their talent in a very inexplicable kind of sense. So, but again, like I said, I don't get into all the politics and bullshit and all that. I'm 
I'm here to enjoy. And we and what we are going to discuss isn't uh, you know breaking it down in a way where it takes the fun and the piss out of it. It's we're going to celebrate it. Uh, warts and all is how I like to say. But what I like to do is again, you can you can go online right now and look at the results. You can watch the you know you watch Dynamite last week. You lost. You watch Rampage on Friday. You're gonna watch Dark Elevation tonight. So what do you need me for? Well, here's the deal. I was there, so I'm gonna tell you what it was like to be there if you were not. And I like to think that we do that in a way that most others, or if literally no one else does. And I'm also not here to complain and make it a negative thing because I feel like that's kind of a, also kind of a, a, a trope among wrestling fans. They tend to want to complain about this and complain about that, and this should have happened. It, it's a it's a very complaint based uh, uh, sort they are. Um, but I do have some criticism, not about the show, but the actual fans themselves or people. And I and I and I feel like that this is my platform to voice them, and I'm going to use that. And it's also holiday season, so of course, you know, we're only just a mere, we're less than a week away from Christmas. I hope everybody's having a great holiday season. And what I'm going to do is, is that on my on our regular show, Tricky Kid Radio, of course, you know, there's five shows among the Tricky Kid uh, Media Podcast Network. There, of course, is the main show, Tricky Kid Radio, then... Uh, we have our second. We have our sister shows like this one. This is wrestling. We have a monthly special on just about Prince. I talked to Mark Henry a little bit about Prince, which is pretty cool if you check out the episode uh, called Prince the Encore. Uh, we have an after party from Tricky Kid Radio called After Dark, and then we have our uh, my my alter ego DJ Tricky Kid. And we, I do like weekly mixes, monthly specials, and we have a special coming up on December the 28th. It's an unfortunate one. Uh, it's about all the fallen heroes of hip-hop we lost this year. But it ain't going to be a funeral. It's going to be a party. And I hope that you'll join me. We're gonna, I'm going to do it live on Twitch. So I hope that you're checking that out too under twitch.tv slash Kid. And I also, uh, from time to time, have some wrestlers on there. So you definitely want to be, be a part of that, of that action as well. And... A few things outside of wrestling involving wrestlers. Like I said, since it's the holiday season, uh, on the main show, I do like a song of the week, and I don't normally do that here, but I'm going to this week, again, to celebrate Christmas because, uh, check it out, and I was talking about this today, is that your girl, Mickey James, she has a new Christmas song called Christmas Presents, and it's fantastic, and I'm going to play it for you and also show you how you can watch... Uh, and we're going to jump into all that right after this. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, if you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all-around badass, Barbara Haran, puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace, and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue. The, and dinner is included, uh, unlimited drinks are included. Um, you know, she treats her staff so well, they're not getting the, whatever, the $2 an hour and relying on tips things. She makes, she takes good care of them. N literally none of them have had to suffer uh, throughout the pandemic, thankfully. Uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative, and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater in, in, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our uh, uh, King's X film project. You know, as you know, I'm a 
filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville, check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord! All right, all right, all right. So here we go. Okay, so check it out. So let me tell you again uh, what it was like to be there. Now this is my second time, my only, my only, my second live AEW event. Uh, Justin Roberts actually said something in the ring where he goes, "Hey, how, long, how many times have we been here? This is our third time, and and people seem to agree. So if they've been there three times, I didn't know about the first one, but I was there for, of course, uh, night two of Fighter Fest back in which I believe was September, and now here. And if they're coming that frequently, I'm sure the next one here locally won't be won't be too far away. Hopefully. So anyway, I tell you that because I'm wondering where it's going to be. Because here's the yin and the yang of it. I love it that instead of doing the show in downtown Dallas with downtown traffic and all that stuff at the American Airlines Center, which holds about 22,000 people, uh, and it's a very formal, very, uh, you know, it's a typical like arena. And one thing that's kind of cool about AEW is that they've kind of, their brand is kind of a little off center, a little off kilter, a little punk rock, a little outside the norm there. And, and even in choice of venue. Uh, so here's the good and the bad of it. So that's kind of cool, right? Instead of having to go all the way to Dallas and deal with all of that and 22,000 people and traffic, you get to go to this smaller intimate building that holds something like 7,500 people and it's in Garland, which is about about a half an hour uh, north of Dallas, maybe less. Uh, and it feels like a house show. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's not there is not a bad seat. There's nowhere you can sit where you can't see. You go to the bathroom. You can just poke your like. If you're in line for concessions, you literally can just walk up and poke your head out and go, oh, okay. Um, I, I, and just watch for a couple of seconds. You, you could not even imagine doing that in American Airlines Center. First of all, your concession stand is going to be a half a, a football field away from your seat. Okay, it's just this neat, intimate little deal. That's the beauty of it, and it really fits the AW spirit. Here's the bad of it: one, that building is really not equipped, even though it holds like, like I said, like almost 8,000 people. I don't think before AEW, they've ever actually had 8,000 people in there because it's connected to a two lane road. Unfortunately, there was a major uh, tragedy that happened. I think my my wife was telling me about this. There was like a major shooting there or something. So for for whatever reason, uh, like 10 years ago, so since then security getting in and out of there is insane. Um, and so there's almost no parking. And I mean, they, again, they have this venue that holds 8,000 people during 8,000 parking spots and everywhere around there is threatening you to, to get towed. And so getting literally the logistics of getting in and out of this event last time was pretty bad. This time was insufferable. Okay. And then it's like you end up parking somewhere else and you're kind of worried about your car. It's that kind of vibe. That part sucks. Okay, there's that. Number two, and this this, this isn't specific for the building, but I, I did want to share this with you. I thought it was kind of funny. So, okay, so after the nightmare of actually getting parking and then just saying fuck it and getting out of the car and going up to Will Call to get my credentials, there is one of these jackasses that is, it's no, it's no coincidence. He's probably a, he's a wrestling fan, because I, my background is in the music industry, and he's one of these know-it-all shitheads. That you know, he knows the lighting director, and he needs to. Don't you understand? He needs to get backstage because he's an important guy who knows folks, and was being abusive to the the will call lady who wasn't having it, and they were fighting, and I was in a hurry. Because of the the insane traffic, I live in Frisco. It should not take to, should have taken me ninety fucking minutes to get from my door to park and get to their front door. That's insane. Should have, literally 30, 45 minutes. Here's also the deal: start time at six o'clock. So you're also dealing with five o'clock traffic. So there's also the you know the start times a little, you know there's that, and it's in the middle of the week. So 
trying to get there at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday is a tough deal. Next. So I just said, all right, guys, I got time to hear all y'all bitching and fighting. She grabs my stuff. I changed my stuff. Can you believe this guy? I'm not trying to get a hold. I'm not trying to get involved with y'all. I get my, my, my little media pass on, get my ticket, get inside. Now, this happened last time. This time was even worse. I'm supposed to be, you know, I want to be live tweeting and reporting and being there for you guys and giving you up to minute kind of stuff and let you know what it was like the whole bit. And you cannot get a signal in that building at all. And especially when you're competing with 8,000 more people, forget about it. The second, and not that I'm encouraging people to eat bad food and to overconsume alcohol, but if you want to even get a bag of chips and a bottle of water at this place, prepare to miss at least three matches. And that's what you have to decide. Is that bottle of water or is that beer or that hot dog, is it worth three matches? Because, again, it overwhelms this building so badly that... Everywhere you go, the line is like 85 people deep on both sides. And it's an hour deal. You're thinking, well, golly, you know. So if they're going to do it there again, uh, and again, I enjoy the intimacy and I do enjoy it being local, but I think that they've outgrown it. And I think that maybe there could be another alternative or something. You know, right here in Frisco would be great. There's the Comerica Center, which is awesome. And they've got their parking situation down and all that good shit. So anyway, okay, enough of that. So, uh, all right, so then I get to my seat and I'm annoyed because it's 6.30. It's supposed to start at 6 o'clock. And I am praying that I have not missed some specifics. Uh, and of course I did. And that's what bugged me. Like I said, we had the bunny, Laura Dennis on the show. One of my all time favorites, literally the, the person I was looking forward most to as a fan, uh, to perform. And, um, I'm there in the sports writer sections and we'll get back to that in a second. So I'm imagine like where the wrestlers are looking at hard camera. I'm right behind the hard cameras with all the sports writers, right? And there was a guy right in front of me, and I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, hey, man. And I said, has there been any women's matches so far? He said, yeah, man. He said, the first two. I was like, oh, no. Please say no. And yes, it was. It was Laura Dennis the Bunny uh, with Nyla Rose and Emmy Sakura, of course, with with Vicky Guerrero in this uh, uh, six-woman tag match against Gigi Ray, who, who I like. Lady Bird Monroe, I dig, and our very own Jessica James. I I haven't seen or heard that name in a while, and I looked it up today and, and found out that she went on the Ring of Honor and, and all that, but she has a personal um, uh, place in my heart because, <clears throat> as you guys know, I did um, color co- heel commentary for a couple of years uh with uh with a, with, a, with a couple of different promotions uh here in texas up in oklahoma uh also in louisiana and a few out in vegas and, and california but right here in the hometown in, in the heart here i called many 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 jessica james matches and got kind of got to know her a little bit and she's amazing so just like fuego del sol it's always so great to see the homegrown talent that you saw you know grow and, and you want to see them blossom so so not only was i unbelievably upset that i missed um ally and you can see why i'm bitter about the fucking parking situation and the traffic and shit is that i, I missed the match so i'm gonna be watching dark elevation just like you guys are tonight uh, so I actually can see this match. So thankfully it was recorded, but I would have liked to have enjoyed it in person. But thankfully it wasn't the last the show we would see of, of the bunny. So I did get to see her in some capacity. So all is not lost. She opened and closed the show like only she can. So that's pretty cool. And then the second women's match that I also missed was also two of my faves, man. I love Red Velvet, and I love, love, love. Shout out to Maddie Rinkowski. I didn't. I was first turned on to her last time when they came through town, <clears throat> and I think she was in a match with Amber Nova, who I think is also dynamite. So I was 
bummed to find out that I miss Matty Rinkowski big time. So, the, I mean, literally, I know you're going to, God, this guy's so lame. When are we going to talk about Brian Danielson and Hangman Page going for an hour? And, you know, that's cool. If that's what you're into and that's what you like and that's what most people, you know, kind of tend to do, great. And you should. Those are both um, the, some of the, we're seeing some of the best competitors. And I feel like I saw one of the greatest matches ever in person. That's great. But my personal thing is I'll take, <clears throat> excuse me, Matty Rinkowski and this young upcoming talent. That's what excites me. So anyway, so just like you, I'm going to be watching uh, Dark Elevation tonight again on YouTube at six Central, uh, seven, uh, yeah, sorry, six Central, seven Eastern time. And one of the things I love so much about the Dark Elevation show is that it, it do tend to be very women's wrestling heavy. Now I do believe that there should be more women wrestling on the main show. AW seems this whole thing to be, <clears throat> and I believe them. And I feel it is there this progressive company. You know, it's like there's this thing, and I don't like to do the whole WWE versus AEW thing. It's just bullshit. Who cares? Like it's like the Beatles and the Stones. You know, whatever. We love it all. But I do agree that there does seem to be this feeling of like AEW is like almost like Democrats. You know, they're supposed to be this. I shouldn't say like this political, but you know what I mean. Like you know, pro-choice and and you know and and. Uh, you know, progressive and 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 uh, uh, tolerant and and you know, gender friendly, all those wonderful things. Whereas WWE starting to sit feel like a bunch of like Trumpy, you know, Republican dickheads, right? You know, you know, cutting the weak and money is all and all that kind of shit. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, so so that's why I, you know there were actually a third women's match, and this one I did get to see. So right when I walked in, I did get to see. Another competitor I've, I've had the pleasure of calling many of her matches <clears throat> in Thunder Rosa. And she was versus a great upstart named Amber Rodriguez. And that was a terrific match, of course, you can see tonight. And you can see pics of that on our website at tricky-kid.com. That's tricky-kid.com because that was the first time I was able to take photographs because I had just arrived. Okay. And two other great matches rounded out. Uh, the uh, the program Chaos Project versus Bear Country that was badass. And again, you know, I, again, I'm not gonna give away any results in this because I don't I don't do spoilers. So you probably know some of the results of the of the main shows. But again, I also want to encourage you to watch tonight. And then uh, the last one uh, was uh, on he said Russell of course is Andrade and he's now Andrade El Idilo uh, and he faced this big dude named Khan. I think I'm saying it right, K-A-U-N. And that was awesome. That was a great thing. The whole thing was a great, great program. And um, so I encourage you again to watch the show tonight. Uh, again, once again, it's at 6 Central and 7, and 7 p.m. on YouTube, on the All Elite Wrestling's uh, YouTube channel, where, of course, you probably used to see Being the Elite before AEW became its own thing and all that. So... Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to get into the main program, because Dynamite really kicked ass. Winter is coming. Stick around. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh, my Lord. All right, let's get into AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming. And I'll tell you something right now, man. They kicked it off with, of course, what everybody is talking about. And, of course, it was billed as the, as the main event. So they they led. They It started with, of course, the formal Daniel Bryan. Of course, Bryan Danielson uh, versus Hangman Cowboy Shit Page. Uh, and this is the one that everybody's talking about. I don't really have a whole, have a whole lot to add to it other than that I understand it for what it was that this is definitely a contender for match of the year uh definitely puts uh danielson in the in the running if he wouldn't already have it you know in the bag for wrestler of the year and he's just adding to it man he's just adding to that and that's the whole thing that's what i i like to see and i think that's what other people like to see is that you saw a guy capable of more and that's kind of that's, and that's kind of the story right now of wwe isn't it like you know that it's people are leaving because they feel 
held back or restrained. And when you see somebody that knows he can do more, is capable of more, wants more, and is fearless in that pursuit, and then he changes his life, changes his company, changes his job, and goes somewhere and delivers on it, and delivers on it in fucking spades, that to me is what that match was, right? Something else too. As you know, now know the match went. This this I'll have to get give the the answer away if you haven't seen the match. That it went to an hour long draw, an hour man, keeping wrestling fans engaged for an hour. You know you're doing something right. Now I grew up in the, in an era where Ric Flair, they, they call it doing it a Broadway. That's a term because it's like you're doing your God. Most matches are ten minutes long. You're an hour. It's like a Broadway show. So. And Ric Flair built his career on, on, on that kind of thing and that kind of endurance. And he would do, and I come from an era of two out of three falls. And back then you were just happy to, to do it. Now, I, you, I, it would be tough to, for me to watch anybody do two out of three falls, but I digress. Anyway, but I thought it was cool that Daniel Bryan somehow turned his, his superior cardiovascular condition into the heel. Because as they're going and going and going, there'll be a pause in the match where Hangman Page would be down and he'd start doing jumping jacks. Effective as hell, man. It was That part was super cool. And here's the part that was not. And this is what I mentioned earlier. Again, I don't want to sound like a complainy kind of guy, but l- let me tell you this. And, and let me also pose it as a question to you, those that are listening. I don't need to be the majority here, but I do have to question why I seem to not only be the minority, but somehow in many ways the only one. I don't know. Maybe this isn't for me. I don't know. I know I grew up loving wrestling, and I've been watching it for now 40 years, and I love it, and I love some of my favorite memories have been, you know, uh, Mid-South, going to the Mid-South matches in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I grew up, and WrestleMania memories, and now building new memories with AEW, and and I was so proud to be there with all the sports writers and, and everything else, that was, and that was so cool. But why are wrestling fans, either you're the WWE people or the AEW, why are they like this? And this is what I mean. Okay, like I said, when I first got there, I tapped this guy on the shoulder, and he was all too happy to share with me what I'd missed, and he was totally cool about it. Uh, and I came to, f- to find out that his name is Joey, and he's a writer for Dallas Morning News. Shout out to Joey. He made the event fun and informative, and I was glad to have met him. And I think we're now buddies on online now, and I hope to see him at the next one. So, okay, he's cool. But the entire time he was talking to this other guy who happened to actually be in my seat, and I didn't let him have it uh, until people came, and I had to like get out of my seat. And so I had to go over there and whatever. And I'm just, I don't know what this deal is. I don't know if it's because I'm older and they're younger and people don't understand, uh, I don't know, I can never pronounce the word, but you know, the word for the action of reciprocating, reciprocity, whatever the fuck that is. I'm asking them what their names are. I'm asking, I'm not Joey, everybody else. What what are your names? What, uh, you know, hey guys, you know, how are you? I'm Roy, what's your name? Or what, um affiliate, you know, what, uh, you know, outlet are you with? And, and what about this? You know, I'm being engaging and talking and, and, and certainly not trying to come off too strong, but they're not doing the same to me. Like not at all. Okay. Next is why does, why do they all talk like this? Why do all wrestling fans talk like this? Yeah, man, uh, insider term, insider term, and I totally popped, and I popped, pop, pop, pop. When I hear wrestling people use the word pop, and the way they use it, and, and, and what they're using it to express, I come down with the literally the worst case of douche chills, okay? It literally gives me douche chills. Yeah, man. Insider term dive and then blah 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 this and that and and I've totally popped. It's it's just it's so uh, anti fun. <laughs> it's so and there's something about it that is so nauseating. And then there seems to also be this thing too where they know more than you. So everything is a fucking pissing contest. Everything is a horse race. 
everybody seems to kind of know a little bit more or do you notice how I noticed that before you and I'm going to book everything and this is why this is happening and I understand this on a level that you know, it was just uncomfortable and not fun and I'm trying to be the opposite in fact I'm almost being the heel I'm like you know not really appreciating this hour you know I, I, I am but I'm just I'm having some fun with it and you know and you know hey where you know, why aren't more women on the on the main show? That that sort of thing, and it's just this very serious wrestling thing. You know, this very serious wrestling fan thing of what we're watching is so fucking serious and fuck. You know, and the way they talk, and then and then it, it, it seems so funny how they all seem to have made up their mind that they didn't like me, <laughs> like almost immediately. Like, I mean, maybe they could just tell that I wasn't interested in participating in their super serious uh, wrestling talk thing, you know? I mean, help me out here. What is that? Where does that come from? I would go to more matches and, and go to more events if I could just go and have a beer and talk with people and enjoy it instead of it being this, this high school lunch table one-upmanship pissing contest, super serious, you have to like this or you're not punk rocky kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway, it's fucking annoying. And so that is how I spent that hour. Meaning if I was stayed at home, I would have watched the match and then and then I would have fast forwarded to the commercials and then I would have taken a break and gone to pee and then I would have gone, how long is this fucking thing going to go on for? Okay, I get it. They're... They're doing something special and historic and they're showing what real wrestling is and they're going for an hour. That's awesome. It doesn't really do a whole lot for me. Okay. Uh, and but even but I, I I did not voice that. I wasn't complaining to these people during the match, and that's why. No, I I, I barely said anything. You know, I was letting them enjoy it. But the point is, is that the way they were talking about this match was like it was like the fucking birth of Jesus or something. And and I and I appreciate that it does have that type of importance and it resonates and people connect with it so much as they should, like like I do. But it seems to be in the same way that people connect with veganism or or I'm a vegan to somehow say that they know more than you about what's best for everyone. Anyway. Uh, it was a great, great match, and I shouldn't complain, and it probably deserves, I can't say I've seen every match this year, but it definitely deserves to be considered for match of the year, because it really was something spectacular that they that they put together and built. Okay, next, uh, let's see here. Uh, next was, of course, Matt Seidel versus Wardlow. Uh, I got to be honest, wasn't a remarkable match. I'm not going to speak too much about it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. I did notice that Bleacher gave it a C plus. I probably would give it something a little lower than that. It just didn't. It didn't really do anything. And I'm be honest. I'm not that familiar with those two competitors. And then the only uh, other, uh, I guess, I guess the only one on Dynamite, the only women's match, uh, was of course Hakura Shida versus Serena Deeb. And I, man, I this was a fantastic match. Uh, I love both of these competitors. I'm I'm so great to finally to see Serena Deeb. If you if you don't know her for anything else other than, than, than CM Punk shaved her head like ten years ago on TV on WWE TV, and now she's working in the same company with him. She's a somebody who's been around forever. Uh, as a great trainer, a great person, uh, and is a great performer. And what can be said also uh, about Cheetah? I love both of these competitors. This was a fantastic match. Uh, if you haven't seen the match, I definitely encourage you uh, to do so. Uh, next uh, was that MJF guy. Okay, cool, whatever. Dante Martin. I, I, I like the heel. I live for the heels. MJF just seems like, I think CM Punk said it best last week, uh, and it's rare I also, that I ever even agree with him as well. It feels like low-hanging fruit. Like the first thing he said when he came out was, "Hey, Texas, your daughter swallows," or you know, just you know, anybody can say gross, dick and fart humor. It feels very seventh grade type thing, you know. 
Uh, I did see that super long exchange because, you know, he's CM Punk is known for his pipe bomb stuff. And he's done very, very well and has delivered on that. And he delivered on, I think, in that segment, you know, the whole joke about The Miz and a few other different things. Uh, I did think it was funny when MJF did say something. And the crowd the crowd did get uh, excited about it when he um, said made the John Cena joke about peddling hustle, loyalty, and respect. That's pretty funny. And tonight he actually had one at this show uh, about how he said something about CM Punk coming back and beating everybody doesn't make you innovative. It makes you Ryback, which that's pretty funny. Ryback is kind of the, the, the butt of many, many jokes and, and for good reason uh, recently. And if you've seen any of his podcasting, whatever, that dude seems completely out of his mind, man. And not in the, not in that fun kind of punk rock ween kind of way, like in a like, let's let's stay far from this guy and whatever he's up to. But I think it did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to add to the CM Punk thing. He gave this whole scathing review. I mean, this whole scathing promo about CM Punk to kind of elevate that. And then he had the match, you know, uh, with Dante. And, uh, and that, you know, it did what it was supposed to do. And it was, and, and for the most part, I guess it was entertaining. I just don't find the whole like MJF thing like, oh my God, what's he going to say this time? I really don't care. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and, and that, but, but here's what was pretty cool about how that ended. Now, if you've heard the other shows, let me just give you a, a quick background. I'm not a really a CM Punk guy. His wife, however, is one of, is is my all-time favorite wrestler and my favorite current comic book writer. And I'm so glad to see her now going to be involved with WOW. I hope you heard uh, our episode with the great, awesome, awesome, awesome Roxy Astor, one of the original Glow Girls. And she used to work with David McClain. And we had a great episode talking about the future of uh, women of wrestling program. And especially now with AJ Lee's involvement, that's going to be uh, happening sometime next September. Something really to look forward to in 2022 is AJ Lee's return to wrestling. I just never, I just never got into CM Punk and all. I just didn't get it. And I still don't really get it. Having said that, if you were a fan of that punk and then people, some people aren't really a fan of this punk, I actually am. I think everything he has done since he's come back, I've really enjoyed. First of all, if you, as you heard in our all AEW uh, all out episode, the way that his return was executed and set up and handled is one of the greatest things I have ever seen in 40 years of wrestling. Uh, definitely my favorite moment of the year and maybe one of the things that will of all time, we will always remember how perfect that moment was. And I'm not even even a fan, and I thought it was perfect. And I I love this. I guess as the MJF guy calls him as PJ PG Punk. I like what he's doing, and he and I really love what he did because when he came out, and you probably have already seen this online and things like that. He was wearing a shirt in Texas to make a statement. Now this, I I I like to think that maybe AJ said, "Hey, look, look what I bought you. Put this on." And and and, and not that he had any problems with it. He probably went, "Oh yeah, this that that's perfect." Or, you know, maybe he he sought it out himself. Maybe it was a, maybe it was a group effort. Who uh but all it was was it was it was an effort and it was effective. He's wearing this shirt that has a a a a, a diagram of a uterus and it says you get one of these and then you can tell it what to do and for him to come to texas and to wear that and wear it on tv to make that statement that is fucking now that's punk rock and that's badass and it's awesome and i really appreciated it so him coming out and also it's pretty cool because of course his first opponent of course was was darby allen and that was the right choice too that's why that was also so cool so there's a great shot you might have seen that Sting and Darby Allen come down as MJF and his little cronies come down to set up perhaps this six-man tag thing for next week's Dynamite, uh, and that was that was fantastic. But also, what was pretty cool and pretty effective is that when the lights went out, is this going to be Sting, or could this potentially be Bray Wyatt? And I really think that that was the thing was oh shit, because when you come to an AEW event, that's really something else too. And that's, if anything you've heard me say, I think that's their core value, at least right now, is it's like when you go see, I don't know, uh, Metallica would be a bad example because they just did these two great shows over the weekend. But typically when you go see Metallica, you kind of know what you're going to get. And if you haven't, and speaking of Metallica, if you haven't heard 
uh, our previous episode, we actually strayed a little bit away from wrestling and, and went to our first MMA event for the Triad Combat that was here, where the Rangers play at Globe Life Field and was treated to a special Metallica performance. And you knew, but the point of that is you knew you were going to get the hits. You knew you were going to get the singles. You weren't going to get the deep cuts. At an AEW event, there's this vibe of like, the deep cuts are coming. You know what I mean? Especially with something like that they had at their Double or Nothing where, golly, you know, with uh, Ruby Soho and Daniel Bryan and, and Adam Cole and all, and all these, it's just off the rails kind of shit. People there were were hoping to have that moment for themselves. And I think they thought it was going to come in the form of Bray Wyatt. And of course, that didn't happen, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't a, a, a fantastic and historic event. Okay, so we're going to take another break. As promised, I'm going to play you Mickey James's Christmas presents, and we'll be back uh, with all the details from Rampage, and we'll be right back right after this. time of the year and I am so happy you're here the lights and the smiles around town yeah it's Christmas the smell of the peppermint candles hanging stockings on my mama's mantle writing letters to Santa I always miss this it's your Christmas So then, as if we didn't already, 
you know, get an hour of Dark Elevation, which you should watch tonight, and then this two-hour epic historic thing of Dynamite, and now, what more do you want? How about an hour of Rampage? And man, and they kicked that off right and very, very well. I haven't seen, uh, at least to my knowledge, I don't think I've seen Adam Cole uh, in person yet, uh, perform live. And I just like, is anything else, I love the loud crowd just, this in this capacity, I will use the word pop, not to be a hypocrite from earlier. You know, pop, I popped. Oh yeah, sounds like I totally popped, man. I mean that like, okay, I was there when Alberto Del Rio, I'm uh, sorry, when Dolph Ziggler with AJ Lee and Big E cashed in uh, the night after WrestleMania in the Meadowlands, and that that I, I get chills even talking about that pop, and, and it's like that kind of pop seems to happen every time Adam Cole comes out with a cool catchphrase and all that cool shit. So I was looking forward to seeing that, and it delivered, man. It was one of the loudest pops, and again, there's only eight thousand people there. In the Meadowlands, there was like you know twenty two thousand, and this it was so loud. It was so loud. Over just an intro, man. It's just fun to say Adam Cole, baby. It really is. So, and uh, and talk about uh, a lot of top talent. This was an eight-man tag thing. It was, of course, the hot shit tag team of Young Bucks, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole uh, versus Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, and and uh, and Rocky Rome. And I really don't get the whole Orange Cassidy thing either. You know, whatever, man. It's cool. He's got that asshole millennial haircut and, and kind of matching millennial whatever attitude. And I guess that's that's what it's for. If I was a 15-year-old asshole millennial, I would probably would be into him as well. Uh, match was great, man. It went really long, uh, but it delivered. It was just it was a spectacular thing. Um, and but But then... The thing that I was waiting for and I was so excited about, like I said, you you know, for all your Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson, right now, the thing that I am interested in most in AEW and, and maybe in all of wrestling is the next four people involved. Now, technically, it's, it was one-on-one Ty Conti versus Penelope Ford. But the team of Ty Conti and Anna Jay versus Penelope and, of course, my girl, the Bunny, and I hope you'll check out our interview. That is those tag teams versus anything involving those four. I am captivated, and so I was so happy, especially after how pissed off I was that I missed the beginning. That we were going to get to see this. Like I said, Ali literally opened and closed the show as only she could. Uh, this was for me, and I'll get a lot of shit about it, but I want to hear about it. Go to TKR. Uh, uh, wrestling that's for tricky kid radio wrestling TKR, TKR wrestling on uh, Twitter let me know how you feel because for me the last match was the headliner like it was in the right spot yeah I'm making some having some fun here but yeah they had to put Danielson and page up earlier because this was the real headliner right okay um just fantastic I love everything involving with these four competitors and again this was one-on-one and they outdid themselves. And in the finale, if you haven't seen it, the bunny gets involved with those brass knucks, baby, and delivers something that will be on highlight reels from now on. This, to me, was the match of the night after four hours. How are you going to keep people entertained after four hours? You give them this. Um, I don't get into the politics and, and the behind-the-scenes kind of shit, but I did hear that in the last couple of days that people were bullying Ty Conti. And, and I, the reason why that pisses me off, other than, than the obvious, is that we do a lot of mental health awareness. That's what me and Ali were talking about. We do a lot of this anti-bullying thing, just like the WWE does. And I don't like to see anybody bullied, okay, at all, especially over some stupid shit. And that's what I mean also. Why are wrestling fans such dicks? Why, why do they have no lives? Apparently, there's something going on with some other wrestler and whatever. It's none of your fucking business. Leave her alone. She's a fantastic performer. She came out there and entertained you. That's all you get from her. She owes you nothing else. And fuck off. And for all you other wrestling fans out there that just want to be just unpleasant about unpleasant there at the matches and unpleasant online 
do something else, okay? I would love to come to more events and have a better time. And I'm sure Ty Conti will be able to go online and and check her social media without having to deal with a bunch of basement-dwelling trolls trying to give her shit about something that has nothing to fucking to do with them that they know nothing about. So, anyway, there's that. All right, but we don't want to leave on a bad note. We will leave on a good note. So, again... Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Check out Mickey James's new single, Christmas Present. It's on uh, our Christmas 2021 playlist, which you can check out on Spotify. Thank you again so much for joining us. There's so much coming up with AEW. They've still got several shows. A lot of people have done their last shows for the year. They've got uh, a big show coming up uh, actually this Wednesday in two days. Uh, in Greensboro, it's going to be their Greensboro, North Carolina debut, which of course, you know, that's flair country, that's wrestling country. Uh, and then the following Wednesday in Jacksonville uh, for their big New Year's smash. And it's just going to be, a, they, they're keeping on weekly, weekly, weekly. They're even going to be in Charlotte at the first of the year. So they're really, and then Raleigh, I think right after that. So they're really going after that territory. Uh, you will be able to hang out with us at the very first of the year, as we will be live at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill event going down January the 8th, right here in Dallas, Texas, at a place formerly called the Bomb Factory, but in this time of uh, whatever social politically correct stuff, they have to call it now just simply the Factory. Okay, whatever. Anyway, January the 8th, Impact Wrestling returns to Dallas, Texas. It's going to be a great pay-per-view. Uh, I will be there live, and I will, and hopefully I can get a signal in that building, and I know I can because I've been there many, many times for some great musical performances uh, and also wrestling stuff. I've seen the, uh, an Impact Wrestling uh, pay-per-view there. Uh, I think it was last year I was there. So anyway, so that'll be the next time you'll be hearing from us. I hope everybody has a great Merry Christmas. Have a great new year. And we will see you in the new year at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays and happy new year. Be safe and be well. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller, theme music by The Buckpats, original score by Jocelyn Hunt, artwork by Antora Sandy, marketing and PR by Francesca Miles, Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.